Hello lovely wild hearts, it's Lisa here. How are you doing? I hope you're well. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Heart Diaries. I am out today in the forest walking with Mo. It is a beautiful morning. It's actually less hot than it was yesterday because we had a little bit of rain in the night which has cooled everything down and that's oh, very well received. How have you been? What have you been up to? Are you enjoying the sunshine? I'm coming in today because I wanted to talk to you about creativity and why it's one of the most healing, transformational processes that I use in my work and I would encourage you to explore it even if you're sitting there now thinking oh blimey that's not me i haven't got a creative bone in my body i can't draw i hated art at school i can't write i never know what to write i look at all these creative people and i think wow they're so talented that's not me well you know it's not true because we all have the ability to create i mean even if you're a mum listening to this you made a baby if that isn't creative i don't know what is that's not something I'm going to do in this lifetime. I think that's an amazing, an amazing creative activity, a feat. It's a feat, isn't it? Because you have to push it out of your front bottom. It's a feat. It's a divine and amazing gift that we have. You know, when I was a little girl, I used to love going down to the seaside and stay with Sid and Gladys they were called. They were friends of my parents and they lived in Worthing, Goring-on-Sea and Gladys, Auntie Gladys was very very creative. She was a seamstress, she was a baker, she liked drawing and she had, she was also an Aquarian like me so I don't know if we had that in common but I felt a real connection to her she would always encourage me to write my poems and sorry if this recording is a bit jerky today i have to keep stopping and starting because there's a lot of planes going over everyone's fucking off on holiday aren't they it's that season 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 miss money penny so auntie glad and i i can remember it was around the time that princess diana lady diana and prince charles got married and I can remember Auntie Glad talking about the design of her dress. And I don't think Auntie Glad liked it actually. She thought that the material was wrong because it creased and I remember it was too poofy. And because Princess Diana was just effortlessly and naturally very beautiful, wasn't she? And it just felt like too frou-frou, too, too much for her, um, for her energy. Anyway, I can remember at that time watching lots of things about the royal family on TV and it must have been on while we were down there. And um, <laughs> I remember drawing, and you know, I wasn't the best drawer, but I draw all these outfits, these different outfits based on, on what Lady Di used to wear. And I remember one in particular, I think she might have worn it to Fergie's wedding. It was teal blue with black spots on it and she had a big hat and I'd draw the bag and the shoes and you know Auntie Glad would all be like oh that's lovely draw a bit more and so it was a way for me to be seen but I also when I was there discovered the poetry book of Pam Ayres and if you've ever listened to any of my poems um, 
you can actually find them on my website I'll put a link in there's probably about eight or nine of them that I've published they're very simplistic very childlike but they're they rhyme in couplets I think you call it rhyming couplets I'm not sure because I'm not very good at the technical side of um, English language <laughs> all that money they spent on my education never mind I still I still write so that's a good thing and I was I was always embarrassed about publishing them because I thought they were too childish but actually people seem to like them because they are simple like the child part of us goes back to a simpler time doesn't it a time when probably we didn't have an extensive vocabulary not quite sure I still do now I'm always googling um, words when I'm writing what's another word for this what's another word for that but actually I think when you're writing you just need to let it all come out and go back and edit it afterwards or have someone that's a good editor that's got a good eye I've got a lady that does that called Gabby um, you know so that you can you can you can fluff it up proof it up afterwards so yes Auntie Glad also introduced me to Pam Ayres Pam Ayres was quite funny she was very unique and quite eccentric I would say but I loved her all the same and I loved Auntie Glad too um, I I loved her because she loved me and she saw me and that was a positive influence in my life growing up I wasn't so good at the baking I think one of my other sisters was into the baking and I remember she taught us how to knit and I can remember that we knitted um, clothes for our comfort stuffed animals so I didn't have a um, a comforter or a stuffed animal but my sisters had donkey doos and winky and bunzarella couldn't make clothes of bunzarella bunzarella was that fisher price rabbit with like a rabbit's head with a, a cloth like a blanket for its body that you would hold on to yes i remember we left bunzarella once on a track on a plane coming back from holiday oh dear my dad never seen him move so fast running running back <laughs> back all down those long corridors to get back on the plane have you got the rabbit have you got the rabbit we need the rabbit luckily the rabbit was there all was not lost <laughs> so yes as i'm telling those stories can you think of any times as a child or any influential adults or any people that you looked up to, maybe even celebrities or famous people who you consider to be creative. I mean, you know, musicality, it could have been in music, could have been in making music. I played the recorder, <laughs> as we all did as children, London's burning, deafening and squeaking and in our parents' ear holes, can you imagine? I also played the cello and the piano. And I can remember for, music GCSE I had to write a song and my song was called the merry-go-round and I remember making like a folder to put it in and I remember writing out all the musical notes and rehearsing it over and over again but that's another creative channel music and if you did love music as a child like I find real comfort in music and I also find music uplifting and I love listening to the lyrics people they're storytelling songs you know songs that tell a story of where someone's been and then their emotion comes through in the notes in the melody and in their voices it's really really quite powerful and healing 
So creativity is incredibly healing, incredibly healing. And it gets overlooked because people get into this mindset of, I'm not creative, I'm not a creative person. And really, I think we need another word for creativity or a different association with it. It's about expressing yourself. It's a, it's a channel for self-expression. And if you had your voice taken away, or you don't think you've got anything to say, or you're the one that sat at the back of the class and never put your hand up, then creativity is calling your name. It's calling you on. And you know, I think that's why now I feel really empowered and strong and good about myself when I've got a pen in my hand. It doesn't have the same impact when I'm writing with my Apple pen or my iPad, but when I'm writing in my journal, just with a biro on the paper, and it's one of those really lovely, flowy, smooth, soft writing biros. Do you know the ones I mean? It just, I feel really good. I feel really good. I also feel really good when I'm creating and I'm typing on my laptop. But that's all writing and creating, isn't it? But when I think about creativity, I think you either take something and you add things to it or you change it and you transform it into something else. Or you create something from scratch. But we rarely ever create something from scratch because even though there are infinite possibilities of what we could create, there are fundamentally only so many ideas. And then if you notice, and this is how I get inspired, I see what other people are doing. I don't copy them, but I am aware of what they're doing or I'm in awe of what they're doing. And I think, oh, wow, I'd love to be able to do that. And then I have a go at it and I take bits of what they've done. And then I add in bits of my own way of doing things. So things that work for me and I keep doing it and I find my way with it and then I do end up with something else and that's kind of how the creative process works in a nutshell but in her book Big Magic Elizabeth Gilbert talks about how much courage you need to be creative now for me courage is the willingness to try to be open to trying new things and some people would describe having courage as being brave you know, brave like a lion heart. And it does take courage to put yourself out into the world with your creative endeavors. It's a vulnerable thing, isn't it? When people write books or paint pictures or make cakes or build houses, everyone's gonna have an opinion on it, aren't they? Everyone's gonna have an opinion on it and judge it and whatever feels right for them, they're gonna like it or not like it that doesn't take away the fact that it's a unique creation by you and it's a part of your self-expression. It's you putting you out into the world in a very unique way. So I think creative people are fearless, except for you can't be fearless because the fear is always there, isn't it? So actually courage and fear exist at the same time. And I used to teach this to children. I'd say, well, when you've got fear in your belly, that's good because it's time to call in your courage. Call in your courage and see what you can do. Show them what you're made of. And if you're a perfectionist, then that makes it even harder. But creativity is really good if you're a perfectionist. Because I've learned through creating and getting to a point in the process where I feel like I'm making a mistake, that I'm not actually making a mistake. When it feels like it's all going wrong, it's 
actually going completely right and turning out the way it's meant to. It's just not how it was in my head because you get very rigid fixed thinking when you're perfectionist. You think things need to be or should be a certain way. That's the voice of shame. It should be like that and not like that. But actually when you get into the process and you allow it all to unfold and you just go with it, it, it is uncomfortable and you are pushing through fear and you're pushing through perfectionism and you're trusting it's huge amounts of trust and you'll know when you get to the end and you'll be like wow that's not what i intended to create but there it is that is what happened when i wrote my book i knew i wanted to write a book for children i had no idea that stuck between two worlds was going to come out on the page but of course it was going to come out on the page because that was what was inside of me what was inside of me was my story of my inner child and what growing up with um, developmental trauma and um, emotional abuse was like growing up with a parent with undiagnosed mental health issues and then coupled with that was all my work that I'd done with children and all of those little children's uh, energies appeared in the book because they're all inside of me and they've all been helping me heal and so creativity is the most unique form of self-expression it's how you can be mostly you. It's how you can be in your truth. It's how you can find your voice. It's how you can get yourself out into the world. And I feel like your inner child does hold the key to your creativity. Now, for those of us that were parentified, so we were little adults and we weren't allowed to be children. We had too much responsibility at a young age. We find it hard to play and let joy in and have fun. And so again, creativity is so good for that, is so good for that. It helps you let go. It helps you settle into that creative process. There is a settling in and it can feel really uncomfortable and awkward. And it's very confronting actually when you first do it lots of fear will rise up all those shoulds all that horrible shaming inner critic voice and so today i'd like to invite you to a creative and connectivity workshop for your inner child where i will be giving you exercises to do that will help you move through all of those things and grow your courage and your confidence when you connect back to that little girl inside of you and you discover her heart's desires and you get to play and you get to have fun with it. You're not coming to the class to be Picasso or produce a work of art. You're coming with a pen or a pack of felt tips and your art journal or a big piece of paper, some plain paper that you've grabbed off the printer. And we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun with it. You're gonna be with other wild hearts, other highly sensitive souls and it will be fun to see what comes out of you i am going to get you to meet your inner child by drawing her i've drawn mine she's a stick girl in fact she's two stick girls and i'll share with you my picture of my inner child and how i came to meet her i'll teach you how to communicate with her in this way and then we're going to do a lot of the exercises that i used to teach the children in my creative coaching workshops which were for building emotional resilience and confidence so to get rid of that fear 
And I want to particularly look at safety, emotional safety, boundaries, finding, finding healthy relationships, but also understanding more about what you like and what you don't like and who you are and really tapping into that essence, that spirit of you, that creativity. And from that, that's where your magic is. And that's why Elizabeth Gilbert's book is called Big Magic. And I want to read you an excerpt from the book today. Uh, it's the first chapter where she talks about courage and she talks about a poet called Jack Gilbert, who she never met, but she came across when she was a teacher. Let me, let me just share that with you now. She talked about how she turned up at the campus and she discovered that there was a teacher before her called Jack Gilbert. And she said, I found Jack Gilbert's books in my office, the office that had once been his. It was almost like the room was still warm from his presence. I read his poems and I was overcome by their grandeur and how much his writing reminded me of Whitman. We must risk delight, he wrote. We must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. He and I had the same surname, we'd held the same job, we had inhabited the same office, we had taught many of the same students, and now I was in love with his words. Naturally enough, I became deeply curious about him. I asked around, who was Jack Gilbert? Students told me he was the most extraordinary man they'd ever encountered. He had seen not quite of this world, they said. He seemed to live in a state of uninterrupted marvel and he encouraged them to do the same. He didn't so much teach them how to write poetry, they said, but why? Because of delight, because of stubborn gladness. He told them that they must live their most creative lives as a means of fighting back against the ruthless furnace of this world. Most of all though, he asked his students to be brave. Without bravery, he instructed, they would never be able to realize the vaulting scope of their own capacities. Without bravery, they would never know the world as richly as it longs to be known. Without bravery, their lives would remain small, far smaller than they probably wanted their lives to be. Wow, how does it feel when you hear that? I just find that so amazing to fight back against the furnace, the, the cruel furnace of the world, the dark furnace of the world. Because if you think about the energy of the inner child, the inner child is full of joy and delight. And I mean, there is a sadness to that for me because I have, I had glimmers of that in my childhood, but if that's muddied by abuse or muddied by stress or muddied by your family being in survival mode, it, it, it takes that away. You can't trust it. You know, it's hard to trust it. And I often think sometimes, or I've come to the conclusion that I berate myself for working all the time. I'll say I'm a workaholic and I'll say that I can't stop working, but actually it's not work to me because a massive part of my work, when I write and send you a newsletter, when I write a blog post, when I'm on here talking to you, when I'm creating courses, I am creating, I'm constantly creating all the time. That's how I'm discovering myself. That's how I'm meeting myself. That's how I'm connecting back to myself. 
That's how I'm discovering the parts of me that are lost and frozen. That's how I'm forming an opinion and finding my voice. I am creating. And so maybe my addiction isn't workaholism, but to but creativity. And what's wrong with that? I've come to the conclusion absolutely freaking nothing. I'd rather be addicted to that than those horrible old cigarettes that I used to smoke and that, those bottles of rosé that used to glug to, to drown out the voice in my head and to feel at peace. When I sit down at the table to draw in my art journal, listen, I am Mrs. Stickman, paint the sun in the sky, fill the page up with love hearts and doodles and words. I am not a great artist, but I love using the colours and I love writing boldly on the page and I love just seeing what will come out as an experiment. It's fun. And when I finished, I used to create so that I could share on social media in the hope that I would inspire other people with my words or with my discoveries or with my healing. But now I sit down and I create just for me. And that's what I've been saying to the lovely wild heart ladies that are in the You've Got the Love, You've Got the Love 30 day journaling experience. I'm saying write for you, write unedited. Don't write because you're gonna share it in the group. Come in and share your experience of writing by all means. But don't feel like you have to share so intimately. I was sharing pages from my journal because I wanted to show people how I wasn't doing it perfectly and the contents of my brain were full of old rubbish sometimes. You know, I wanted them to know that they didn't have to do it perfectly. They just had to show up and put that pen on the page. And that's what we're going to be doing in this workshop together. I'm going to be showing you how whenever you're feeling blue or whenever you're feeling upset or whenever you're feeling like you're having a wobble and you're knocked off your perch, you can take out a pen and paper and it will solve most things. And I've got loads of exercises that I can teach, but I'm going to specifically pick ones that are going to connect into the energy of you and focus on and boundaries and healthy relationships and you know what fills your cup what lights you up what delights you and what helps you to feel safe and loved so this week in the 30-day journaling experience we did a a live class on brainstorming self-love for the busy so we were to come up with loads of different ideas and I did it based on feelings because you work out your needs from your feelings. How do you feel? What do you need? Two most important questions ever asked when you're in a tiz. And the fourth one, I think, we did four different feeling types, was loved and safe. safe. And that was the one that people found the hardest to connect into. I think I, I managed to connect into it when I'm with Mo. I'm with him now when I'm out in nature, walking him. I feel very connected right now, which is why I like to record these episodes and ramble away and talk to you while I'm in the forest. And I also think I feel loved and safe when I'm with my therapist. I still go probably a couple of times a month. And then if I have a blip or something triggers me massively, like since I come back from that retreat in Spain, which I think I've mentioned about on here, 
I did go through a pretty um, tough time, but I saw that as an opportunity to heal some really deep layers of pain, which went back to my two and three year old self. I'd imagine that's my attachment, my attachment wounds there. And, and, but being with her, I can pretty much be myself with her. She's non-judgmental. She's curious. She always sees the good in me and you know, got back into doing sand tray work again, which for me is creativity. If you're a wild heart, you very likely have a massive imagination, right? And so if you can think it, you can create it. It's just allowing yourself that space and giving yourself permission to have fun and play with it. It's not like art at school. You're not gonna get graded on it. You don't even have to show it to people. You don't even have to share it. I, I just want you to do it for you and experience what it's like and understand how healing it is to know yourself, to get to know yourself in that way. And I think the wild hearts in the You Got The Love journaling experience are, one of them said, I'm meeting myself for the, I feel like I'm meeting myself for the first time. And I said, I hope you like the person that you're meeting because I think she's fabulous. And lots of us who've grown up in houses where we've had a lot of our parents pain projected onto us so they've used us as a dumping ground for all of their trauma and hurts they don't know who we are they can't see us because they can't see themselves so a lot of the things that you think might be true about you i can pretty much guarantee are not you know, go back to how you were as a baby. You're a divine child of the universe. Your light, your love, your joy. And you are creativity. And I think we are here to create. I think wild hearts are change makers of the world. We're here to create the new. We're here to do things that go against the status quo, that don't conform. Maybe not in a rebellious way, though, as an act of love, because we want humanity to be different yeah we want we want we want the world to be a better place to quote michael jackson heal the world make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race right i'm gonna stop with that now because <laughs> i can't remember the rest of the words actually when i used to run um confidence club at a secondary school in marlow I used to use the lyrics of Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson to talk to them about change. So I don't know if you've heard that song, but it basically says that change starts with you. Look at the man in the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror and decide that that's what you're going to do. So today I'd love you to look at yourself in the mirror and decide that you are creative and give yourself permission to let that part of you out or to discover that part of you and to go back and meet your inner child who will be delighted to see you and will be full of playfulness and joy. Just to almost see her like giddy with delight, spinning around with her little dress on, wee! And, and go and find her and let her out. And uh, she will help you feel more content, more safe, more happy with who you are. We'll bring her in, we'll welcome her in and love her and accept her just the way she is because just the way she is, she's lovable. 
If you go to the events tab on my website, smileyforlife.com, I will drop a link in the show notes for you. You can see all the information. Now, originally this, this workshop was advertised for the end of July. And then we had a few takers, but they couldn't do that date. So we've changed the date to the 13th of August. It's a Sunday and it's from half past 10 to half past five. It will be on Zoom. There will be breaks. I will invite you to take some time to have some lunch. You can go off and do something by yourself for lunch or I'll stay online and chat if people want to chat and get to know one another a bit more. So you get a sense of, of, of being of the group and in the group and know the people in it. It's going to be so much fun and it's going to be a gentle reminder of who you really and truly are. And I think that's what self-love is. It's not about changing ourselves. It's about changing the way we connect to and relate to ourselves. And it's more about accepting ourselves and having more compassion and understanding for what happened to us, what shaped us and what brought us to this place. So I hope to see you there. That's all from me today. If you're not going to come, I would invite you to do something creative. Maybe just to take a page out in your journal right now, get some coloured pens and start to doodle and see what comes out on the page. And if you'd like to tell me about that, you can go to Spotify and in the show notes, there's a link for you to send me a voice note. You can send me a voice note or you could um, Instagram me or you can email me lisa at smileyforlife.com. I love to hear from you. I love to hear about how this podcast lands when you hear it. I love to hear how it resonates with you. Lots of people have said they find it validating and reassuring, which is great. That's my goal really. And if any of you have any ideas or questions for me, I could do an episode on that. I can answer your questions. I'd happily answer your questions. Um, I'm here to help you and I want to make life as a highly sensitive wild heart in this, or in the, what was it, in the dark furnace of this crazy noisy world easier. You don't have to change who you are to fit into the world. You just need to become more of who you are. Imagine if all of us did that. Imagine the energy of that and that how that would make a difference to the world. Okay, lovely wild hearts. I will see you in the next one. Until next time, stay wild. Choose love. So much love to you. Bye for now.